chapter. I got several scriptures I'm going to read, and then I'm said I'm I'm just going to more or less teach, depending on how the Spirit of God moves. I want to see God's people prepared for what's coming on the earth. And I want to see you prepared for what God has for your life. And if you if you're not in tune with what God's doing, children, you've got to get in tune with what God's doing. And there's so many people, you know, when when you go into the army and you go into that boot camp, it's like my wife was saying, you don't get your boots till you get out of camp. There were tennis shoes in boot camps. My son-in-law's a Marine. And uh, I made the mistake one time of telling somebody my son-in-law was a Marine my, after man walked off, my wife said, you don't ever say was a Marine. I said, once a Marine, always a Marine. I said, okay. So my son-in-law's a Marine. He's not active in the Marine Corps, but he's a Marine. But he was telling her a lot before they had the ladies' retreat. And he said, they don't get their boots until after boot camp. He said, they wear tennis shoes. And he said, everywhere they go on that base, and he said, them, them Marines see them in them tennis shoes. He said, they mock them. They make fun of them. He said, they call them names. He said, because they ain't earned nothing yet. And it's just like you take a bunch of raw recruits and you put them out there and start trying to get them to march in step. Everybody's out of step. We can't be that way in, in what God's doing. We've got to find our place. You've got to find your step with what God's doing. You've got to get yourself in step, children. You've got to get yourself in step. I'm telling you, something fixing to hit this nation. And it's going to cause fear to grip people's hearts that ain't grounded and settled in God. I keep a feeling it. There's other people feeling it. And I'm going to try to the best of my ability tonight. That's why I need you to listen. I don't need you moving around. I don't need your mind somewhere else. This isn't the time for you to sit in the house of God and read your Bible. I've been preaching and seen people sitting and reading their Bibles. That is so rude and disrespectful. You don't need to be reading your Bible. You need to be paying attention to what I have sought the Lord for and what God's been talking to me about, or you're not going to be ready. And I do not want to see anybody that attends this church not ready and not be able to cope with the pressures because it is spiritual war. It is spiritual war whether you can see it or not. But from Numbers, the ninth chapter, and I'm going to the 15th verse. Got several verses of Scripture to read tonight. Numbers 9 and 15. You there with me? And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacles were the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always the cloud covered it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. When the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. In the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched 
their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. When the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. So it was when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle. According to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents. And according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. So it was when the cloud abode from even until the morning that the cloud was taken up. In the morning then they journeyed, whether it was by day or night, that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Whether it were two days or a month or a year that the cloud tarried, Upon the tabernacle remaining there on the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not, but when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in the tents and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed for they kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. From the book of Isaiah chapter 43. Feel the presence of the Lord in a great way in this place tonight. Isaiah 43 in verse 18. Are you there with me? Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. From Ephesians, the first chapter. Man, I feel a seriousness in my spirit tonight. Feel that grave working of the Holy Ghost, that deep moving of God's Spirit. Ephesians, the first chapter. I'm going to the ninth verse. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will... According to his good pleasure we have, which he has purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Flip right over to Ephesians, the third chapter. Let's go to the very first verse. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you, 
How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promised in Christ by the gospel. Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, even unto me by the effectual working of his power. I'm going to talk to you as long as the Spirit of the Lord will lead me on a new dispensation is coming in. A new dispensation. The word dispensation is like a stewardship. It's something that's been given to somebody to distribute it, to have control over it, to be sure that it gets done. So there is a new dispensation of God that's coming in. And I got to studying all the word that God has been giving us over the last just probably couple of years. Just got to looking over. And I can remember teaching on those scriptures in number the ninth chapter. How the Lord began to deal with me that the very day the tabernacle was put up, that pillow of cloud appeared over it. it. It appeared over it. And it was there for 40 years. Everywhere that tabernacle, the tent of the tabernacle was erected, it was a pillow of cloud by day, a pillow of fire by night. When that pillow of cloud picked up and moved, the children of Israel followed. When it stopped, they stopped. Whether they was there a day or two days, a month, a year or longer, as long as that pillow of cloud did not move, the children of Israel did not move. But y'all remember God spoke to me and told me that the pillow of cloud was beginning to move and people were not following the working of the Spirit of God. If you didn't follow that cloud in that desert and in that wilderness, you got lost and left behind. There are people spiritually that are going to be left behind if you don't get in touch and in tune with what God's doing. We have so conditioned ourselves, and you can, we can say what we want to about other people in other churches. We have so conditioned ourselves... To worship God the way we think we're supposed to. To we're not letting the Spirit of God move like it wants to. We're not letting it have its way. There's so many times that we serve God by knowledge and not by the leadership of the Holy Ghost. We serve Him by knowledge. As I've said many times, we know how to have good church. God ain't looking for good church children. 
He's looking for somebody that can be led by his spirit. From the opening amen to the last amen to the opening prayer, every song, every testimony, every everything, God is trying to take us in a place we've never gone. I heard Brother Michael, I believe it was, say, we have never passed this way before. We've never passed this way. What Brother Michael was bringing out was laying a groundwork for where God's taking me tonight. Children of God, it, it, that, that tabernacle, when, it, when that cloud stayed there, they didn't move. But then there come a day that Joshua was standing on the banks of Jordan. And the word of the Lord come to him and said, Moses, my servant is dead. I saw this in a vision. In 1997, I believe it was. And Joshua turned and looked at the tabernacle. And the pillar of cloud was gone. Never to be seen again. So everything that people knew was God. The word of the Lord to Moses. The pillar of cloud that led them for 40 days. It was all gone. And they had to come into a new revelation. A new dispensation. A new working of the Spirit of God in their lives. And those that didn't, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go. And the Lord told me people are trying to follow God by head knowledge. We're trying to follow God by what? Just cause you get down and feel God when you pray or you feel God when you worship don't mean you're being led by the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something. You begin to worship and praise God, you don't feel Him. Cause the Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. You praise God, magnify God. There's a certain measure of His glory is going to come down. I mean, that's the Word. God has to honor His Word. But it's time for me and you to get focused. It's time for me and you to come to understand. Just like those children of Israel had to understand. Joshua sent them to the camps and told them, He said, sanctify yourselves. He said, three days from now, he said, we're crossing over Jordan. He said, you get yourself sanctified. He said, and when you see the priest pick up the Ark of the Covenant, and they walk down to Jordan, and their feet hits Jordan, and then waters roll back, he said, then you go over. And you know what I could hear in my spirit? I, I could hear the people all through the camp say, we ain't never followed the priest I, with the Ark of the Covenant. We've always followed the pillow of cloud. I, where's the pillow of cloud? I, where's our comfort zone? I, where is what we are used to? I, why is God changing things? I, why is God doing something different? I, and Joshua told them, I, he said, sanctify yourselves, I, for you have never passed I, 
this way before. Over here, their God gave you food every day. He took care of you. He caused your shoes to grow on your feet. Your clothes to grow on your body. He fed you and watered you and took care of you. From this day forward, you go over Jordan. You're going to fight for everything you get. You are going to take what God said you could have by force from the enemy. God promised it to you, but you're going to take it by force. Here God's trying to move us into a place where we're battle ready. In our minds and our spirits. And all we're doing is, God, why ain't you doing what you used to? Because it did not get you where you need to be. Everybody's wanting to serve God in the experience you've had with God, whether it's last month, last year, five years ago, ten years ago. You want to serve God in what you know instead of finding a newness about Him. You're not going to survive, children. Listen to me tonight. Listen to me tonight. When God began to give me this back in the 90s, I'm going to bring you up to present day. you got a roar or something going on up here. Okay. He showed me the anointing he put in Joshua. And he compared it to what was in Moses. And he told me, he said, that there was a greater anointing in Joshua than there was in Moses. So what a little smart aleck me say? Hey, wait a minute, God. Hold on just a minute. I ain't never seen a greater anointing in nobody, Moses, than Jesus himself. God said when Moses stretched his rod over the Red Sea, he said, how long did it take it to part? I said, all night long, the Bible said, a nice wind blew. Parted the waters and dried up the ground. He said, when Joshua told the priest to put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, and step in Jordan. He said, how long did it take the waters to part? I said, immediately. He said, how long did it take the ground to dry up under their feet that they could cross on dry ground? I said, immediately. He said, when Moses stretched his rod out and called for the plagues, he said, how long did it take? I I said, sometimes a day, sometimes two. He said, when Joshua looked at the sun and said, sun, stand ye still on Agilon and moon, on Gibeon and moon, stand ye still in the valley of Agilon. He said, how long did it take for that sun to stand still? I said, immediately. He said, there was a greater anointing in Joshua than there was in Moses. He said, I've hid it from your eyes. He said, but now, he said, understand that the word and the anointing that brought you to the knowledge of the kingdom is not enough to cause you to possess the kingdom. He said, there's got to be a greater dispensation of the spirit and word and power of God to cause you to possess what's been revealed. I understand the kingdom. I understand how to possess it, Brother Michael. But I ain't done it yet. 
because I don't have the ability. We can see the kingdom. We can understand the preaching of it. But because our spiritual minds are trying to grasp this by head knowledge, we're not going anywhere. Y'all can fault me if you want to. I'm telling you, God spoke to me this week. It was probably, and y'all, y'all heard me preach repeatedly on Isaiah 43, a new thing. A new, but we can't ever get a hold of what this new thing is. Because everybody keeps wanting to walk with God in this experience they had. Children of God, you can't walk with God. I don't care if it's 20 years ago or two weeks ago. God has to be fresh in your spirit for you to walk with Him and be in tune with Him. God changes. Now, wait a minute, Brother Matter. The Bible said, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. He don't change from what He is, but He changes to the knowledge and the understanding of what you know about Him every day. Oh, I'm messing with some of you tonight. It's all right. You stay with me. I mean, my God, He spoke to Isaiah and said, Forget the former things. Remember them not. They've been fulfilled. My God, children, what in the Holy Ghost that we know has not been fulfilled? What we know and understand about the Holy Ghost, we've seen it happen time after time after time after time after time after time. Have we not? And God keeps telling us there's something greater. There's something there you're not seeing. There's something there you're not understanding. There's something there that you're not pressing your way into. There's something there, children of God. And just a a couple of days ago, God began to speak to me. He said there's a new dispensation coming in. And the reason people ain't possessing it, they're not seeing it. They're not seeing it. Because if you're seeing it, you'd be changing what you're doing. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. We're in the same form of prayer, the same form of worship. The same form of dedication and relationship with God that most of us has been in for years. And we keep telling ourselves, God's going to do something different. No, He ain't. Ooh, it got quiet on me, didn't it? No, He ain't. Because you ain't putting out the effort to do anything different. And until you start Expecting God to astound you till you start expecting God to do something different than what you've always known Him in and you start doing something different to move Him to do something different, nothing's going to change for you. Y'all quiet on me tonight. Been about two, maybe three years ago. 
Sister Susie might remember because she was in the service that night, and I was standing right there by that Bible stand. She was on the piano. While she was playing and singing, the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, we are entering into a new dispensation. You remember that, Sister Susie? Been about two years ago, hadn't it? It's been about two years ago. It's been about two years ago. And it wasn't very long after that till God gave me this scripture right here in Ephesians, the first chapter. I want you to go back to it with me. I'm not fussing at you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm telling you, God is bringing something in that we're not allowing to work in us. Because we're comfortable with what we got in God. We like the little the Lord would say. We like that. We like somebody to come and lay hands on us. Speak the word of God to us and pray for us and God heals us. We like coming to the house of God and feeling the Spirit of God. A lot of times on Saturday night, God just explodes in this place and there's anointing of deliverance in here. Boy, y'all got caught off guard tonight, didn't you? I got to do what God tells me. I got to do what, and this is what God told me to do. And I'm going to teach on this in the morning. I may cover the same ground, the same scriptures, tonight, tomorrow morning, and tomorrow afternoon as I'm covering right now. But you can rest assured of one thing. time you get out of church tomorrow... You're going to know where I'm at. <laughs> You're going to know where you need to be and what God's trying to do in you. Brother Matter, if you're going to do the same thing all three services, I'll just come tonight and then we'll skip the other two. You'll be kind of like that preacher that they called him come pastor that church. So he come in to pastor that church and, man, he preached a good message. Everybody was excited about it. So a couple of days later, he preached the same message. And they said, well, you know, maybe he just moving and all he ain't had time to prepare. The next week rolled around, he preached the same word he preached the first Sunday. And after three times, the deacons called him in and asked him, said, we want to know what's going on. Said, here, you done preached the same message three times in a row. And the preacher just looked at him and said, well... If y'all ain't going to do what I'm preaching, why should I move on to something else? <laughs> you ain't going to do what God's telling you. What do you want me to move on to something else for? I'll catch up with some of you in a minute. I think it kind of... <laughs> Sorry to catch up with some of you in a minute. This is what I want you to understand. If I can get you to understand it. There was given a dispensation of the gospel of God to Apostle Paul. Like was not given to anybody else. There was given a a measure, stewardship, an authority. There was given a word to him for him to distribute that to the Gentiles. Listen what he says here in, in chapter 10. I mean, verse 10, chapter 1. Or let's go back to verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. A mystery is a secret. So God has to reveal his secret, the secret of his will for your life. 
according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Paul didn't say that he has given me the dispensation of the fullness of time. Paul said that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. That's plural. Are y'all listening to me? That word fullness right there means filled up, performance, completeness. The peace that is filled up for fulfilling. The word times means a convenient season, years, the proper time. So Paul is saying when the dispensation comes in of the fullness where everything is to be fulfilled, where everything is to be fulfilled that has not yet been fulfilled, And that's what God spoke to me. He said, I am taking my people into the dispensation of the fullness of times where everything that has been missing for the mystery of God to be fulfilled, for the kingdom of God to be revealed all down through the years, everything that has not been revealed will be revealed in this dispensation. For we know in part... We prophesy in part. uh, We understand in part. uh, But when that which is perfect uh, or complete in God is come, uh, then that which is in part shall uh, be done away with. uh, By God the completeness, uh, the fullness of the mystery uh, of God uh, is now being brought uh, to our understanding. uh, And we're messing all over it. We're not letting it work in us. Say, how do you know? Because if you was in tune and in touch with what God is doing, some of y'all wouldn't be doing the things you're doing in your relationship and your dedications to God because they're slack. You don't see that God is unlocking His treasures. You don't see that God has chosen you to be the ones that He reveals secrets from the foundation of the world. My God, what an honor. My God, what an honor, church. What an honor, Brother Michael, that the God that created all things has chosen men like me and you and women in this church, has chosen us, and He sent Things that I have hid uh, from generations. uh, Things that I have not revealed uh, for hundreds and thousands of years and countless uh, numbers of generations. Uh, He said, I am now uh, going to make known unto you uh, my mysteries, my secrets, uh, my power, my authority, uh, my dominion, uh, my kingdom is being set uh, before you. Uh, And here we are uh, doing business as usual. Come a night, miss a night. Pray a while, miss a while. Don't get upset with me. The very mysteries of God. The very mysteries of God. 
that God wants to bring to your understanding. God has chosen you, Brother John Hague, to reveal his mysteries in. But it's going to cost you. There's a fight. There's a fight. There's a fight. What you've known of God, Sister Terry... That's great, but God wants to take you into a realm you ain't, your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither has entered into your heart. There is a place in God that God wants to take us, and God keeps telling us, I want to take you there. I want to reveal myself to you. And He keeps drawing us by the Spirit, drawing us by the Spirit, wooing us, sending this great anointing and power and revelation of the Word into our and we've gotten sold to where we think God owes it to us. Oh, y'all quiet on me tonight. Let's, let's look at this. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness, that means the completeness of the seasons of the years, When that dispensation comes in, which is what I believe we are now entering into. That he is going to gather together in one. All things in Christ. He's going to gather them together in, in, in one, in Christ. He's going to gather everything that's been lacking. He's going to gather it together. He's going to gather me and you together. In one. What did he pray in John 17? Father. Make them one with us. Even as you and I are also one. He is going to, this is now the time he is gathering together in one all things in Christ. Whether they be things in heaven, things on earth, he is gathering them together. Why? The time has come. The time has come. The dispensation of the fullness of times is being ushered in. And God keeps telling us what to do, and we keep doing business as usual. I gotta have this. I was coming down the road today. And the Spirit of God fell on me and I almost picked up the phone and called my wife to tell her to pray for me. I was crying so hard. I was, I was weeping. I was heaving till I could hardly stay on the road. And all I could say, all I could say was I got to know you in the fellowship of your sufferings. That I can come to the power of your resurrection being made conformable unto your death. That's all I could pray. That's all I could pray. I said, God, you've revealed the word to me. I understand it. People may not understand it, but I understand it. And I've got to know how to possess it. It drives me. There's something down on the inside of me that I can't contain it. I don't know what to do with it, but when it gets somewhere like that, I just, I just break into tears and just, just sob. You can't do that when you're driving. Not real easy. That's the reason I, sometimes, I need somebody in the car that I get like that, they can drive. 
that I can just seek the Lord. You say, well, why does God do that to you? Because I was searching for Him. My spirit, man, was searching for Him. My heart was searching for Him. I said, God, I want to serve you with a perfect heart. I want to be like David. I want to be a man after your heart. I got to know you, Lord. I got to come to understand. I got to come to understand you in the fellowship of your sufferings. I got to come to that place that that power of that resurrected Christ can live in me. That I can be made conformable unto your death. God in the last two years and three years has put some word in this church. That has made your eyeballs roll back in your head. Why? He doesn't want you settled down in religion. He wants you to know. You understand me? He wants you to know that there is a depth and a height and a width and a breadth of Christ that we've never touched. Everybody may not be with me tonight, but I can't help it. That's why God has... And I know... Sometimes y'all get aggravated at me when I stay on you. Please come pray. Please come pray. Please come pray. Because you're not going to get there without it. You're not going to get there as part of the body without praying with the body. You're not going to get there. And I don't care where I go. I get up there to LJ. Jasper, wherever the Lord plants me up there. People going to pray with me or are they going to get left behind? I've been this way for 40 years. Praying and seeking the face of God. Just something fell in my spirit when I gave my heart to God. A spirit of prayer fell in me. And it's been there. And it ain't leaving. It's going to get worse. God is going to begin to take us over in prayer. Like he started doing from time to time. But what he's trying to do is get you to condition yourselves to it. Get ready for it. Expect it. Why? We're moving into the dispensation where everything that has been missing that will bring us into the fullness of God is going to be revealed. Everything that's been missing, not just the knowledge of it, but the ability to possess it. It's one thing to know something. Let me tell you something. People can study law. That that doctor can go to school and study surgery. But if I'm the one going under the knife, I'd have rather he had done about two or three hundred operations than he had walked out there with a do-it-yourself book in his hand. And say, well, I know how to do this by the letter. I just ain't never done it. I don't want some do-it-yourself. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We need the ability to possess. Because you say what you want to. 
What we're doing ain't producing Christ. It ain't producing him. It ain't producing his mind. It ain't producing his nature. It ain't producing his authority, his dominion. It's not producing him. I ain't worried about how many tongues you talk in. I want to see Christ revealed in you. I want to see Christ revealed in you. Am I making sense to anybody tonight? Am I making sense, children? He's going to gather together in one all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance. What is our inheritance? Somebody tell me, what's our inheritance? For we are heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. I'm not going to be as he was on this earth. I'm going to be as he is right now. That's what I'm trying to get across to y'all. When I gave my heart to God in 1972 and started serving him and I first heard somebody preach on Christ and you the hope of glory that you could be like Jesus, I believed it. I believed it because my daddy had had bits and pieces of the revelation of it for years. And he had, he had preached about it. And I had enough in God when the Spirit come alive in me that I knew it could happen. But you know what I wanted? I wanted to be like Jesus was walking on this earth. And then in 2006 when the Lord spoke to me that I could know Him in the power of His resurrection. And He said, do you want to be like I was? Are you going to be as I am right Right now, I said, I want to be as you are right now. Right now. Is that not what the scripture says? Does it not tell us that we can be as he is? That's our inheritance. It belongs to us. It belongs to us. Not when y'all flap your arms and go floating up there. Right here. Right here on this earth. You can be like him. That same mind. Or that mind which was in Christ Jesus. Not Jesus Christ. There's a difference between Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ. Y'all hear me? Jesus Christ was the tabernacle that walked this earth. Christ Jesus is the resurrected Christ. It's the resurrected man. So let the mind. That was in. Christ Jesus be also in us. Not Jesus Christ. Amen. That we might be made partakers of His divine nature. Not His earthly nature. His divine nature. Amen. Am I getting anywhere? I got my hobnail boots on and I'm dug in on the ground. I'm trying not to slip. I know I'm pushing hard tonight, but I'm trying to get you to understand. I'm trying to get you to see that if you ain't changing in your relationship, your prayer, your dedication, your study, if you ain't changing in your commitment to walk with God, there's nothing new in the Spirit working in you. Ouch, that hurts, don't it? 
Am I right? If there's something new in the spirit working in you, then there's something new in your dedication going to be working in you. Can't say amen, say oh me. (laughs) Say, what are you trying to tell us? God is setting something before us. It's not coming, it's here. Two years ago, I come back and told y'all, I preached down in Twin City. Didn't preach. Preached one night. Come out there Sunday and the Spirit of God just failed. I mean, just failed. Just like it does here sometimes. Just failed. And after about 30, 40 minutes of the Spirit of God just falling, the voice of the Lord spoke and said, This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. That it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And God said, a visitation has begun. It has begun. But see, what we got our minds set on and what we're so conditioned in is we want God to come down and just, boom, do it all at once. I used to, when I was out there under the tent, I used to tell people, I said, you ain't going to step in a phone booth and open a can that's got super Christian on it and gobble down spinach like Popeye and step out and be full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. I said, it don't work. And we even set some cans back there on our table. We took the wrappers off of them and put white labels on them and called it super Christian in a can. And believe it or not, Folks would give offerings for them. <laughs> because we want that instant gratification. We want God to do it right now, and we're not willing to fight for it. Show me any of these holy men and women of God in this New Testament. That did not fight for what they had in God. Did not go through persecutions, hardships. Went through all manner of labors in prayers. Paul said, I labor and travail in prayer night and day. And I can't get folks in the house of God for 30 minutes. Are you criticizing? No, I'm just telling you, if something don't change in you, you're going to miss this visitation God's bringing forth. And ain't nothing I can do about it. Because I can't give it to you. I can preach about it. I can point it out. I can tell you how to get it. I can encourage you to get it. I can walk all over your toes, hurt your feelings, make you mad, make you glad, make you shout, make you cry, but it's still up to you to get it. I can make you so mad one minute you're ready to fight, and the next minute you won't hug my neck. But if the Spirit and the Word of God doesn't grab something in you, enough that you're willing to go into a deeper dedication and a deeper relationship with God, why do you think God's going to do something deeper in you than what you got right now? 
He's not. He's not. What's happened? People have hit their comfort zone. And they don't want to get out of it. Don't make God put this country in chaos from border to border to get you out of your comfort zone. Because it's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you, if you ain't ready for it when it happens, fear is going to grip your heart. If you ain't ready to see troops and tanks and armored vehicles in our streets, I've been prophesying since the mid-90s that people in this country was going to live in fear just like Israel did of rockets attacks and terrorist attacks and bombs and shopping malls. And we've had a few incidents with, it's fixing to get mad, children. It's fixing to get mad. Whether you know it or not, the administration's in office right now, they've opened the door for everything in the world to come into this country armed to the teeth to tear this country apart. It's sad. And I, and when I watch the news on TV and I, I, I hear them talk about it, I scratch my head and I said, what nation does not secure its own borders? It's crazy. I've never seen a nation anywhere that would not secure its borders and let everything in the world come across its borders from all countries bringing all... You don't know what's come across that border of the United States down in the south that has allowed terrorists and weapons and stuff it's going to be used. And we're going to have to be settled and established and grounded in our faith. Our fear's going to get your heart. Fear's going to get you. You hear me? The children of Israel spent 40 years with God providing everything. He gave them their food. He gave them their water. Their clothes grew on their bodies. Their shoes grew on their feet. Everything they needed was provided. But when they walked across Jordan, everything stopped. They said, God, what are we going to do? He said, you're going to pick up your sword, your spear, your shield, and you're going to whip the enemy. And I am going to give you what I promised you, but you're going to fight for it. They fought for every square foot of that promised land. Every square foot of it, they fought for it. We're saying, God, where's it at? Pour it on me. Make up your mind. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent what? Take it by force. By force. You want to cast out devils? I heard Brother Michael. I said, man, he's right on track. I said, Brother Michael, right on track where God wants to go tonight. You want to do the works of God? You're going to fight for it. You're going to fight for it. Brother Matter, this is all I know about God and this is the way I've always been. You don't have to stay that way. I don't know how. I didn't either. But God taught me. God taught me. I was shy. Oh, Brother Matter, come on. Yeah, I was. Kind of backward. Love God. First time I got up preach, I couldn't hear myself preach from my knees knocking. But I believe God had called me. 
And I acted on what God put in my life. And I'm still acting on what God's put in my life. Why a brand new door has opened to God's people. Brand new. You don't have to rely on what you've known back when you first got saved or what God done for you two years ago or six months ago or three weeks ago. God's brand new. He's brand new. He's brand new. You talk to people and they'll tell you, I know what God will do. Now, you know what God has done. (laughs) Big difference between knowing what God has done and what God will do. We are serving God on what God has done. When Moses, when God finally got Moses' attention, he said, all right. He said, when I go down there and they ask me who sent me, he said, what do I tell them? God didn't say, tell them, I'm the I was that I was. Or the I'm going to be that I'm going to be. He said, tell them, I'm the I am that I am right now. See, we can talk about the God that was. We can talk about the God that's going to be. But where is the I am? Where's the I am? God has set before you an open door. He wants to be I am to you. Not I was or I'm going to be. I am right now. He wants the reality of his word and his spirit revealed in your life right now. Right now. See, we keep like we got to wait on something. Now, what was it, two weeks ago God spoke to us and said, it's right now. It's right now. Possess it. It is right now. That night I was up there in the LJ, Sister Susie and Sister Kathy, and the Lord spoke to me and gave me that word on the kingdom. Man, something come alive in my spirit. And God said, the kingdom of heaven is now. Speak that word. Put it in force and use it. And I have been. And it's happening. It's happening. Why? God is right now. An open door has been set before us right now. If we keep waiting on God, we're never gonna, you're never gonna possess this. You're never gonna possess this. It's like the Lord told me years ago. You know, when Jesus was in a house preaching, these four men brought a man on a stretcher with palsy and they couldn't get him about the door, so they went up on the roof and uncovered the roof. Let him down in Jesus' sight. Man couldn't get up and walk, so what did Jesus say to him? He didn't say, rise, take up your bed and walk. He said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And oh, boy, they criticized him. Man, them thoughts come up in their hearts. And when Jesus perceived the thoughts of their hearts, he said, to show you, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. He said, man, take up your bed and walk. So when he should have said be healed, he said be saved. When he should have said be saved, he said be healed. And that's when the Lord spoke in my spirit. 
You remember the night that you gave your heart to God and God really changed you? You remember just like it's yesterday. When you got down that altar and started praying, wherever it was, bedroom. I did it in my grandma's basement. A lot of people do it in church. Some people. When you really surrendered to him, how long did it take? Boom. It was there. You knew it. So this is what I want to ask you. If you don't have to wait on your salvation, why do you have to wait on the, the miracle and the deliverance to be active in your life? If you can pray and salvation will come like that, deliverance will come like that. The word's the word. He said, which is easier to say? Rise, take up thy bed and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee. So what is it we're waiting on? What is it we keep? I mean, we believe God to forgive our sins, but it's like it stops right there. And everything goes into... Well, God's going to. God's going to. One of these days, God's going to. I know God's going to. I believe God, and I know God's going to. That ain't what you said about your salvation. You don't believe when you come to this altar and you're really searching for God, and you get down there and pray and ask Him to forgive your sins, you don't believe that one of these days God's going to save you. You believe it's going to happen right then, or you wouldn't be at that altar crying out to God. Am I not on track tonight? I can't get nothing out of y'all edgewise. <laughs> am I on track, Brother Wayne? <laughs> Sister May, am I on track tonight? We can believe for salvation. We can believe God to wash our sins away. We can believe God to work something in us. But when it comes to everything else, it's way out there somewhere. And God's going to. No, he's the I am. That I am. It's this way of thinking. Or like Brother Michael says so clearly, it's your stinking thinking. Quit putting God off. Quit doing business as usual in your relationship with God. Because if you keep doing the same thing over and over in your relationship and your dedications to God and you expect something to change, you're crazy. That's the definition of insanity. Don't expect things to change if you're not going to do something different. Amen. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Am I gaining any ground? Better hope so, because if you ain't, I'm really going to rock on it tomorrow. <laughs> Go with me to Colossians, first chapter, and I'm going to bring this in, and I'm going to start letting up a little bit. Colossians 1. Verse 20. Mm-hmm. Let's just go to verse 25. I could back up several scriptures, but let's go to 25. Y'all there with me? Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. 
which is given unto me for you to fulfill the word of God. Y'all see that? God put me in this church and gave me a dispensation of the gospel for you to fulfill the word of God that he has for your life. Don't tell me to leave you alone. If I leave you alone, I'm disobeying God. I wish Brother Meadow would just get out of my back. Well, do what I'm preaching, I will. You see what that word says? I've been given a dispensation of the gospel for you to fulfill the word of God. That's why God put you here. That's why God put you here. God put you under this word for you to fulfill what God has for your life. And I ain't going to leave you alone till you do. ministered to a man under the tent one night back now still evangelizing I said every time you sit down and watch TV I said every time you get slack in your relationship with God I said you're going to hear me screaming at you <laughs> time to pray get a hold of God He come back to a tent meeting about two years later. He said, "Boy, I tell you one thing." He said, "That prayer you prayed over me worked." I said, "What was that?" He said, "Man, he said every time I thought I was going to get to relax, and he said I'd settle down. He said I'd hear you pray in there. He said I hear you say it's time to pray, time to get hold of God." I said, "Good." I said, "Did it help you?" He said, "Oh yeah." He said, "It changed my life." I said, "Good." Good. And what, and I know some of y'all's mouths are going to fly open when I get into this. But what brought all this to the forefront, and God began to speak to me, Christopher, come home Wednesday night. And several times, we just sat around and talked about the Lord. When he come in Wednesday night, I don't know what time he got in, but we just sat there and talked about the Lord, and then we talked about the Lord Thursday. And we just sat there in the living room, just talked about the Lord, and my wife started saying how much had changed in her over the last two or three years. And she began to tell Christopher. She said, you know, me and your dad was on the road. Sometimes we'd be on the road 15, 16, 17 hours. And she said back then, sometimes we'd turn the radio on. Said there'd be some country music on. Said we'd listen to it. Said back that it was like there was no conviction. I mean, we didn't listen to anything bad, but you know, you on the road 15, 16, 17 hours. And she said, and there was TV shows. Said there wasn't a lot of them, but there was some I would record and go back and watch them. And said there was like one or two that your dad really liked. Said that 
you know, if he was home, he'd watch them. It wasn't something he had to do. She said, but now, she said, I can't do that. She said, when your dad come home from India in 2007 and the Lord spoke to him, said, said, no wicked thing before your eyes. Anything that does not edify, glorify me, said, do not set it before your eyes. She said, something started changing. Something started changing. You hear me? What are you saying, Brother Matter? Where we've been and where God wants us now, it's a different dispensation. It's a different dispensation. It's a different commitment. It's a different relationship. And you cannot come into this dispensation with the dedications you had back then. It's not going to bring you there. It's not going to bring you there. It's like trying to put a round peg in a square hole. You ain't going to fit. You ain't going to fit. Y'all following me? And if I say something to you about your relationship and your dedication, don't you let your flesh flare up at me. Because I'm trying to help you. Because I can walk up to you and start talking to you. And I can tell you whether you've been praying or not. I can tell whether you're in tune with what God's wanting to work in your life or whether your carnal man's got a hold of you. I can tell. Sometimes I don't even have to talk to you. I just get around you. I can get within 10 or 15 feet of you and I can feel your flesh just a kicking. Yes, I can. Is it my place to make you serve God? No, but it's like God told me when I started pastoring this church. Your soul is my responsibility. Your soul is my responsibility. And I will do everything I can to encourage you, to edify you, to strengthen you, to help you, to serve God even if it means making you mad. I don't want to, but I will. I'm fully capable. I am fully capable. Is it something I want to do? No. But I don't want to see you lose out with God either. So this dispensation... God is wanting to move us into. And it's coming in, whether you get in on it or not. It's coming in, whether I get in on it or not. It's here. We have entered into it. Because things are different. But, Brother Matter, I've served God for 30 years, and I've always had that was then. This is now. Amen. That was then. This is now. You could pull up a gas station. Fill your car up with leaded regular gas. Anybody remember that? You can't buy leaded regular gas no more. And if you found some and put it in these cars now, it won't run on it. If it does, it's going bang, ching, ching, clang, clang, bling. Why? It's made for unleaded. 
Y'all might have used to run on leaded. Now God's putting you on unleaded. What you used to run on ain't going to make you run now. Got to have something different. Got to have something different. Y'all with me? Are you sure? Everybody still love me. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest or revealed to his saints. You see how good God is being to us? I mean, my God, everything God has given me in the Word, I have thrown everything at y'all but the kitchen sink. And I'm fixing to give you that. And I have people get so mad at me because of some of the things I'm preaching to y'all. But I don't want you bound in religion. And I don't want you bound by the doctrines of men. Do you know what my wife done when I preached that word on born again? Do you know what she does? She went home, got in the dining room, got her Bible out, got her laptop computer up, pulled her Bible program out, had about six Bibles, and she started going through the word. And she'd say, well, what about this? I said, all right, read it. And she'd read it. And she'd stop and she'd look at me. She'd read it again. And she'd stop and she'd look at it and she'd read it again. That ain't reading like I was taught. And she'd go on a little while and she'd say, well, I was taught so and so and so and so and so. I said, but what does the word say? She come at me like that for about four weeks. <laughs> she wasn't being disrespectful. And finally, she just throwed her hands up in the air. She said, my God. She said, have I ever been taught wrong? She said, you can rest assured of one thing. She said, when I get up from this table, and she said, and close this Bible, she says, I'm going to know what I believe and what that word says about what I believe. I said, that's the way it needs to be. That is what I have told y'all from day one. You do not take my word for it. You don't take another preacher's word for it. You get in that word. You dig it out for yourself. If you have any questions, I will answer them to the best of my ability. But you find out what the word says for yourself and get God to reveal himself to you. That way, you know where you stand. You know where you stand. But here God is saying the mysteries that's been hid from generations. Since the foundation of the world. Do you realize no generation has ever possessed the fullness of God? None of them. It wasn't for them. It's ours. It belongs to us. It belongs to us. 
This belongs to me. This is my inheritance. That I can be as he is. This is mine. I said, Brother Matter, what if you don't live long enough to get it? That's, that's up to God. But it's my inheritance and I'm going to fight for it. Amen. Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect, complete, matured, fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. I'm here for one reason. To prepare you and get you ready. What God wants to fulfill in your life by his word I want to see you get there I want to see you go out And do works for God I want to see you become pastors Evangelists Apostles Whatever God has for you I want to see you fulfill the word I don't want to see you sitting here 15 years from now If I'm still here Or if I'm not still here I want to see you doing something for God and possessing and fulfilling the call of God on your life. If you're an evangelist and this is your home church, you need to be here probably every couple of weeks. Go out, win souls, come back in and get your soul fed. Get charged up, go back out. If you're a pastor, if God puts you being a pastor, Come back and get your soul fed every month or two months. Come, come back and grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. See, that's one of the hardest things is for me. There ain't very many people I can go sit and listen to. You say, why? Man, you gonna, you going to preach to me? You better know where you're going, what you're doing. <laughs> I'm serious. You better know where you're going, what you're doing. It'd be about like Sister Susie, and she's telling me the other night. <laughs> That's what I love about Sister Susie. She's just real. Mind if I share it with her? I ain't going to say who it was. She said she was in a meeting, and this preacher walked up to her and said he was, you know, ministering, and she's sitting there with her head down. Said she knew he was going to call her, and she just kept trying to wave him off, you know. Finally, he called her. She said, no, just leave me alone. She waved him off two or three times, and he wouldn't leave her alone. So finally, he called her up there. Said she just walked up to him, grabbed him by the necktie, and just said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, I ain't interested in another feel-good emotional prophecy or something like that. She said, but if you don't speak to me, she said, you better know it's God. <laughs> I said, good for you. 
That's the way it ought to be. People don't need to get caught up in emotionalism. Got too much of that junk going on as it is. We need something real from God. Amen. We need something real from God. And God is bringing us into a dispensation where we can possess the fullness of God. Every one of you. You're going to have the ability, the wisdom, the understanding. It's going to be your choice, though. It's going to be your choice. Because it's going to cost you. See, whether y'all realize it or not, what I'm preaching to you tonight, it costs me. It costs me. The deliverance that's in my life, it cost me. It cost me. I've been down to death's door twice in fasting and prayer. I mean, skin and bone. It cost me. That's why I guard it, because it's there and it's real to me. And I guard it. Because it almost it almost got away from me one time. It won't get away from me again. I mean, that gift almost died and... If a gift can die, but I almost died spiritually. It won't happen again. That's the reason when God speaks something to me, I don't have to go ask somebody, is this God, can I preach it? But if God speaks something to me, you rest your one thing, I'm going to preach the word to you. And I'm going to break it down to you. And if you understand it, that's good. If you don't understand it, you get in prayer and seek God and get God to reveal it to you. Because a word cannot be explained to you. It's got to be revealed by the Spirit. It's got to be revealed by the Spirit. Amen. But there's a mystery there. Christ in you, which is your hope of glory. It's been hid from generations. People still don't understand it. They think they do, but they don't understand the depths of it. And God's brought you into a dispensation where the fullness of times is now being revealed to bring you to the place he can reveal himself in you. That's an honor. That's an honor. Amen. That's an honor. Don't take him lightly. Don't take him lightly. You say, well, Brother Matter, I can't do what you're doing. You may not be called to that. Find your calling. Find your place. I mean, my God, you couldn't have never told me that what my wife's doing now, she was called to. I never seen it. I've been married to her almost 30 years and I never seen it. She was telling me, she said, I don't know what happened to me in Arkansas. I said, I do. I said, I ministered to you before you left. And I said, I prayed over every one of you, and I sent you forth by the Holy Ghost. And I said, when you went out there, I said, the anointing exploded in you. She said, oh, God, did it ever. I said, I'd love to have a DVD of that service, see just what you've done. She said, I showed myself. I said, that's okay. I said, the anointing will make you do that sometimes. She said, well, I did. She said, I don't know what got in me. She said, but, buddy, I climbed steps on that platform. And she said, I went across that platform. I throwed my chest out. 
And she said, I was preaching so hard and so fast. She said, I ain't never done that before. I said, the anointing ain't never hit you like it hit you. She said, you got that right. I said, but. I said, God done what he told you to do. She said, he did. And it's made her hungry for something different in God.